Hi guys, welcome back to Tell Me Everything with Lands, episode 50. Actually, it's episode 50. <laughs> what a way to bring in 50. As you are probably aware, the current genocide and ethnic cleansing sweeping through Gaza is catastrophic. As someone who has a platform and a voice that reaches thousands, I am here today to utilize that voice and bring use from it. Today I am joined by Rasha and Dalia, two Palestinian Americans who are li currently living in Dubai. Rasha has been on the podcast before, and Dalia, a newcomer to TME. Together today, we are going to provide you some context and insight into what is happening in Gaza and how we are using our social media platforms to bring awareness and spread truth. Please welcome to Tell Me Everything with Lands, Dalia and Dasha. Hello. Hi, Hi guys. Um, I am happy to have you both on, which was in better circumstances, but um, thank you both for being here today. Thank you for Thank having, you for having us. us. Um, so could you just give the followers, Adash, we'll start with you, some background, who you are, where you're from, and kind of how you ended up in Dubai? Yes. So my name is Rasha Nashashibi. I am, like you said, a Palestinian-American that was um, born in California, born and raised, um, grew up there, everything to... Both my parents are Palestinian. My father from Jerusalem, born there, um, childhood there. My mother is from Yaffa. Um, and actually, she is uh, Dalia's aunt. <laughs> Our yes. mothers are sisters. Um, and my mother was born in Kuwait. Uh, we were um, raised in California, and I moved to Dubai about 11 years ago. Here we are. And here you are. Um, and Dalia, you? Hi, my name is Dalia Sadiq. My dad is from Deir al-Asi, which is uh, on the outskirts of Akka, a small village. And my mom, as uh, you heard from Rasha, who our moms are sisters, is from Yaffa. I'm a Palestinian-American, but I was born in Kuwait. And in the first Gulf War in 1990, we had to leave because we were Palestinians. Another form of Nakba, which Palestinians deal with a lot. I grew up in California as well. And I moved to Dubai in 2006. Great. Well, thank you <clears throat> for sharing that. Um, I think there's a lot to cover today. And I yeah. think it is essential for the listeners and followers of this podcast and to really understand the context um, to, you know, where this all really started. And I think a good place to start is 1948 and then going into maybe 1967 to kind of lean into what is happening today. So I know both of you guys um, are well-read, educated, understand kind of how this all started really from hundreds of years ago. So um, Rasha, do you want to start it off? Um, I'll just give a bit of context and I think Dalia can explain a bit more of the history, but what's important to really understand is that this is not a one-off consequence uh, of Hamas. This has been years and years and years, uh, 75 years plus to be exact, of ethnic cleansing, of genocide, and this is why it erupted today. Um, but Dalia, please, <laughs> you want to yeah. give a bit of context? Just as Rasha said, I think it's really important for the listeners to realize this did not start 10 days ago, and we need to understand the context behind it. Uh, Palestine was a British, before it was a British mandate, was under the Ottomans, but in 1917 it became a British mandate and there was the Balfour Declaration, which basically promised uh, Jews part of the Palestine to give that land to the Jewish uh, uh, people. And then, so in 1948 that became true. Britain gave the land to 
the Israelis, and that happened through an Arab-Israeli war, they call it, but it's basically Palestinian-Israeli uh, war, where they uh, displaced 750,000 Palestinians, among them are our grandparents, mm -hmm. and uh, this was done through genocide, mass massacres, you know, scaring the population. Most of them left thinking they're coming back, that they're going for a few weeks, and I think that's really important to remember. And then, and then, sorry, that's what we all know now as the, the Nakba so, yes, of 1948. Exactly. exactly. And then you have 1967. So all of this is happening and the Palestinians are trying to regain their land. And then you have the war in 1967 where they lost more land. And that's where East Jerusalem was taken. You have the West Bank and Gaza. So Gaza has been under occupation now for over 56 years and has been in a blockade for and a siege for the past 17, 17. years. Yeah. Um, okay, thank you for providing that context because I think when people are going to social media, we'll get into what the influencers, celebs kind of, they kind of think this just happened 10 days ago and then this is just kind of what's going on and the first, what Hamas had done was kind of the first of it, but no, this is years and years of oppression and ethnic cleansing and genocide. And so to kind of reel in on what's happening the last 10 days and I'm going to use a quote, <laughs> it is by Al Jazeera, and the quote starts, quote, On October 7th, Hamas launched a massive military operation into Israeli territory. The shooting of thousands of rockets into Israel was followed by an attack by land, air, and sea, with fighters penetrating deep into territory under Israeli control. They attacked military installations and temporarily took over various settlements, end quote. I would like to also um, add that there was a festival nearby, and... Um, Various hostages were taken from various locations, and many innocent lives were taken. The reason why Hamas did this attack, and I think both of you can kind of give insight more into this, um, it is the Al-Qasa mosque, Al attacks, Al -Qasa. Al -Qasa mosque yeah. attacks, um, the political Palestinian prisoners, and the siege and blockade of Gaza, which has been called an open-air prison. Yeah, so Hamas actually made it quite clear as well mm -hmm. that they they stated those things, and uh, those are things that we all as Palestinians know are happening. So again, the political prisoners, they want their political prisoners to be released. A lot of settlers are going into the Aqsa Mosque and terrorizing it, which is a holy, sacred uh, area. And not only uh, the Al-Aqsa compound, it's they're terrorizing all of our Palestinian cities um, within their settlements, you know, I think that's a big thing that we need to address as well as Israeli settlements are growing and growing and with while they're growing, violence and terrorism attacks to, on the, to the Palestinians, on the Palestinians are on the rise as well. So um, there's, there's so much, um, so many examples of this and and just recently um, and you can refer to the podcast that we talked about in May 2021 the biggest example was the Sheikh Jarrah movement where settlers yeah. are going and literally and this is this took place in East Jerusalem it's just a small example because it happens all across Palestine where people go and literally just steal steal everything steal furniture uh, where the Israeli government gives them the right to own uh, to write the the right sorry to bear arms and to, to, to have this aggression towards Palestinians. So, yeah, and I think it should be noted anyways, by international law, by the UN, it is actually illegal to have these settlements in this occupied territory. Yeah. So in the first place, they're not supposed to be there. And that's something that, you know, is this 
current, always it's been there, but this current right-wing extremist fascist yeah. government is, you know, giving them arms and providing them even more reason to keep terrorizing and taking over and building more settlements um, and, you know, really attacking the Palestinians. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think um, there is a gap in the media that, um, you know, is not really explaining this whole situation correctly. I mean, we've watched the multiple interviews online, all over social media. How have you both, from an emotional level, and I guess on a more, actually just on an emotional level, how have you been able to digest this information? And what are you, I and mean, we'll get into more about this, but how are you using your voices, either it's through talking to people or is it through social media? Like how have you digested this and then been like, okay, I'm gonna take this and try and spread awareness that this didn't just happen on October 7th. This has been years and years in the brewing. You wanna go so, yeah, I, I mean, the it's funny how I heard this because actually two weeks ago I was hacked. My Instagram was hacked and then, so I didn't, have any access to it, and that's where usually I would get my news. And then 10 days ago, I woke up to my colleagues messaging me like, Russia, did you see the news? Did you see the news? And I was like, what? Like, what happened? Wow. And that's how I found wow. out. And since then, I have been glued to my phone. I've been glued to the news. I don't think I've ever watched so much news in my life. Yeah. Um, it has been... Um, I don't even know what to say because it's just so agonizing as a Palestinian to witness our our people, our, our children being slaughtered and massacred and not having yeah. our voices heard is... It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Because like it is. I think it's just really important to keep in mind is not just as Palestinians it affects us even more but as humans it affects us a lot and I think it's really frustrating to see the Western media and and places like even CNN and and BBC yeah. who first started now they're changing tunes but they started with it's but Hamas, but Hamas, but mm -hmm. Hamas. Yes. yes. And then you just start seeing all these Palestinians getting attacked and, and you know, buildings being bombed and people under rubble and children, children. I'm a mother of two. And to see the children dying, these innocent, it's not just children, it's their parents and brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers. And it's just, it's, it is agonizing for us to witness. And it should be agonizing as I'm, if I look at any other thing. Exactly. If I saw this with any other race or, 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 you know, people, I have that same kind of pain. Obviously, it touches my heart even more because there are so many other layers to it as a Palestinian in the di diaspora as well. So it, it, it's very difficult. And I think we've been glued mm -hmm. for the past 10 days to the news, to social media, and um, yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, I was having this conversation with my brother this morning, and he's like, what, how are you feeling? I was like, honestly, I think I can categorize it as um, survivor's guilt, mm -hmm. to be Absolutely. honest, because we have been fortunate enough where our families were able to, to leave Palestine and to start new, you know, outside and build and grow and do all of these things, but... That could have been us. That could have been any of us. That could have been our family 
uh, whose house has been demolished. That could have been my whole family being wiped out. This And this is really like, when you take yourself out of the situation, I think any human yeah. that has a hint of blood yeah. or empathy even can relate to because you can't just sit and watch all of this happening and unfolding and just not feel a thing. And this is what kills me the most is that they call it now a propaganda war because Israelis have been controlling the narrative and have been controlling mainstream yeah. media and have been, um, you know, saying their one-sided story, which is so wrong. And there was the biggest example was the, the quote-unquote beheading of 40 children. Yeah. That's... It's it's not even true. It's, it's not extremely even dangerous. It's it's weaponizing and it's dehumanizing the other, yeah. which is the Palestinians in this case. And it, I mean, it's so dangerous that we saw what happened yesterday in the U.S. A six-year-old Palestinian American boy was killed because of the hate that's yeah. being yeah. you know spewed on on all these you know news stations. And I think. We were discussing this before we started the podcast, is that it's quite frustrating to see that all these people stood with Israel and all these celebrities stood with Israel because there was a lot of atrocities that happened. The innocent civilians got killed. But what about the Palestinians? What about what's happening here? What about when you're seeing children being dragged out of buildings dead? And I think... That is what's so heartbreaking, yeah. and it just shows how much the media has dehumanized Palestinians. And it's just why is one why is one person better than the other? Why is the even if you go down to why are Palestinian Americans in Gaza nothing, and whereas they claim as it, as they state that there is forty is it or fourteen mm -hmm. fourteen uh, I uh, believe 14, it was, uh, yeah. American citizens yes. who are obviously Israeli American citizens, their lives and are worth more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's very frustrating, and that's where social media is really, you know, comes into play and is, is very important. I think I want to just, I mean, there's a couple points I want to go back to, but one of them is about the misinformation, because yeah. I will say the strategy, uh, Jessica Khawati, I think her name is, um, yeah. she released a strategy that she was doing about shadow banning, because, so I've done my research on this, and Meta basically says that they're only going to shadow ban you and ban you from posting or going against community guidelines if you are spreading misinformation misinformation when i am posting i am not posting misinformation i am posting from the voices in gaza the ones that are on ground so whenever so i started to see that i think we all did you yeah. know i know you, yeah. it's, it actually just got your instagram back but or you have a new one about now but like i have twelve thousand followers i get a thousand to two thousand views per episode i'm down to 300 and I'm like, why? Wow. I'm not posting misinformation. I am posting the truth. And even if it's like, you know, um, I, I, I think um, I think he was the um, ambassador to the UK, the Palestinian ambassador who was on, I believe, Sky News. Don't quote me. Uh, which. Uh, Hussam Zumlut or no? Uh, okay. I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll put it in the show notes. But basically, it's this interview. It's an interview on a credible news network, yeah. and I'm getting like five views. So when I looked into it, but just going on to the dehumanization part of it, when I was just telling Dalia before you came, when before Dasha came, when I put a sticker of "I stand with Israel" or Israeli flag, and I hide it, I get my views go back up. 
I'm back to my 2K views. So if that's what's going to take for me to show my 12,000 followers who are ranging from the States to... Because I was telling Dahlia before, like, yes, a lot of the Arabs, we know this. We, yeah. we known this from the yeah. beginning. Yeah. It's more of the West who are just kind of waking up. And when you see these celebrities and influencers who are post, I mean, do you see Justin Bieber? It was a photo of Let's not. Yeah. It was a Jamie Lee Curtis as well posted like ch- uh, Palestinian children and said, I stand with Israel. Again, it just like, shows how misinformation. And, and I think now we were just discussing it as well. We are seeing a shift. In Western media, I saw there were a couple apologies from, from some um, news anchors yeah. on, especially with the beheading of babies, because that yeah. was proved to be false. Yeah. Um, there were a couple, the raping, that there were a couple of stories that BBC were... BBC as well uh, about their coverage on the the protest over the weekend. Correct. Yeah. You know, and yeah. how they, they said they were pro-Hamas protesters when it was just a, you know, a, a, about, about Palestinians. Um, and they did an apology. So there is... The, the pressure that's being put on them is is working. We can't think that it's not. Yeah. I agree. And to add on that, um, the, the protesting, you're seeing a rise in Jewish anti-Zionists yeah. that are protesting. And this, it was, it was there before, but not as much. Like, for example, earlier today or yesterday, you, you saw Jews um, that are anti-Zionist uh, blocking off the entrances to the White House, yes. and that was huge. The not in my name. The not, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. this is just this is a lot, and there, that's only a small example. You're also seeing a lot of ex-IDF soldiers coming yes. out to talk. You're you're hearing also hostages, hostages themselves. Sibs, yeah. That were part that were taken from you know by Hamas coming out and saying you know what. They didn't do anything to us. They, they they fed us. They gave us water. They clothed us. They did everything, and they did not hurt us. And I think it even goes down to even there was a brother that I saw of someone that died uh, from an yes. Israeli so, that mm-hmm. died, his brother, and he was just I saying this is not the solution. It's, the solution is not to go back into Gaza and bomb it. This is not, we're yeah. going to just come back to the same situation because violence breeds violence. So occupation, we've said this before, yeah. occupation breeds it's resistance and, and violent, occupation is violent, inherently violent, which will bring forth violence. That's just the simple, it's as simple as that. And that's why um, it, you go back to to all of this and what had happened. Like It was just a natural reaction to the years and years of violence and oppression and apartheid that the Palestinians have been having to endure day in, day out, nonstop. So when, when, it's, when this is being labeled as a terrorist attack, Guys, you really need to understand the bigger picture. It's it wasn't just a drop in the ocean. This is like it's huge. It's seventy five years of oppression. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also want to say that in, in retaliation, what Israel has done now is they said they have cut electricity, fuel, water supply, medical <laughs> supplies. They are bombing hospitals. They told people to flee to go where I don't know because it's a blockade. And then when they're saying to go flee on the border of Egypt, they are then bombing that border and. We've seen the pictures, AIDS trucks. I mean, Russia and Dania, humanitarian AIDS trucks, they were there on Sunday. I donated. I'm sure lots of people have donated and they're just waiting to get in because they're not allowed to get in. Just the number stands right now, uh, October 17th, 8.30 p.m., 2,860 have been killed, 9,600 have been wounded, and 1,030 are children. And rising. And rising. This is just in, in... 
well, Gaza mostly, and yeah. then we there were I think There's 50 a lot of... in uh, the West Bank so. because of is because of actually um, settlers as mm -hmm. well. So yeah. this is they've been armed and they are also going around. And I think there's been, I saw today, uh, 200 or something, a hundred more prisoners yeah. from the West Bank have been taken yeah. as well. So, and and just to touch again on humanitarian aid. They attacked and targeted a UN building yes. that um, actually held all of the humanitarian aid. It was a warehouse for the UN. So they are deliberately targeting places that, you know, give a bit of relief to this massacre that's happening. Like the videos that we're seeing and, and every, it's just unfathomable really how they are doing this. Like. What, it's what? like watching a movie. It's They're not even hiding. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, this isn't real. Yeah. And the world this can't be happening. And the world is staying silent. Governments are staying silent. Why? This is my like biggest question: is I, why? I think a lot of I think a lot of people. The people are starting to stand up to it, but the governments exactly. are still staying silent, and they're still pro-Israeli, pro-Zionism, pro-fascism. And that's also, I mean, a much bigger, you know, you know, issue to look at. But I think that the frustrating thing is, in the end of the day, they are humans. Mm -hmm. They deserve. There is a basic, like, level of humanity that they deserve, and they're not being given that. And that is really frustrating. And that's just by international law. We don't even need to go into politics. Yeah, we yeah. don't even have to. It's international These are war crimes, I mean, and it's just basic. I, I wanted to ask uh, your... Sorry, that's what you going to say. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, you know, before coming here, um, I read uh, I read a post, and I forgot what it was about, but it was saying that basically kids are, are, are children are being faced with dehydration. They're being exposed to disease all of these things because there's no aid, there's no water, there is no drinkable water, there is nothing there, they're running out of food, they're running out of resources. I, I think I read something, in four days they will be out of food. And the water, the water is another really big thing because cholera, mm -hmm. cholera, there's so many diseases that can come about. Don't forget, people are not showering, they're not being able to use the bathrooms, they're not being, those are, this is a war crime. Yeah. Yeah. It's simple, it's yes. simple as that. Other than the basic war crimes of, you know, killing innocent civilians. But even this, they're suffocating Gaza even more than it's been suffocated ever before. Yeah. And I think in the past six, nine, ten days, they said they bombed 6,000 yeah, rockets. Yes. Um, which is more than one year, the in U.S. Afghanistan. in Afghanistan. Yeah, so I'll just, Gaza was bombed more in six days than ISIS was in over a month. 6,000 bombs in six days in one of the most densely populated areas in the world. And That's a thousand bombs a day. Yeah, and on top of that, um, you're also, I read a post also that it equated to half a nuclear bomb or, or a quarter of a nuclear bomb. So, and this is only in 10 days, and this is what I don't understand. So, how big is this going to go? Like, how far are they going to take it? It's very scary. Yeah. Why do you think the world is so polarized with this topic? Because we're sitting, the three of us here, and we are rational human beings. The Zionist lobby. Money. The Zionist lobby, which has a lot of money, money. which there's an agenda. Mm -hmm. It's to the advantage of all these Western powers to be pro-Zionist. It's just bottom line. Yeah. Money, money, money. Money and power. Yeah. Why is it? 
it's always like that in and any I, situation. Yeah, and I think a lot of the European uh, countries have some kind of guilt and feel like they actually totally. owe the Jews Absolutely. some totally. kind of something because of the Holocaust. And it's just literally a vicious cycle because they are doing what they did to the Jews um, during the Holocaust to the Palestinians and worse. So and that's why you see countries like Germany yeah. is very pro-Zionist because they have the most guilt, right? Exactly. So you see that. And even we have some cousins that are Palestinians there and in mm -hmm. Austria that are facing a lot of racism and having to fight, like to just bring uh, available this like information mm -hmm. is impossible because everyone is like, no, but you know, what happened to the Jews? And this is, we cannot. And if you notice, even when they're ever, whenever they're discussing anything, Israelis or Zionists, let's say, they're always bringing up the Holocaust, which was, we cannot deny was an atrocity and yeah. is a huge war crime. But it, in the end of the day, it wasn't us who did it. Correct. Right? So we, we don't have that. And they are doing the same upon us. Genocide is genocide. Yeah. Um, I, there's like this all lives matter movement. I mean, we saw it with Black Lives Matter in the U.S. And now we're kind of seeing it again with, you know, all lives matter, you know, both sides, world peace. I don't know what peace signs up. And the problem I personally have on it, because in my eyes, we're not on the same level playing field. We're not like, mm -hmm. oh, we can just go peace. They have been you have 1948, which was the uh, Nakba. And then you have the 1967, where the, the, the land, the occupied territories became even lessened. And now you have Gaza, who even before this was under blockade, mm -hmm. didn't get, you had to have special permits to even get out and in, and all this. So there's no armor, army, there's no resources, there's, there's not on, they're not on the same playing field. So even if you put all that, and then you say world peace, of course, we all want world peace. That's of all course. we want. Of course. We want peace, it's, of it's course. It's easier to say that, But it's yeah. easier to say. So what is, I just wanted to understand maybe what your thoughts were on seeing these posts. Because I see people like, especially my friends in the States, who, you know what I mean? Like, I would explain to this them in college, and I would say, and they were all like, yeah, two-state solution, let's go. But when I see this happening, they're all like, no, you know, Hamas killed all these. So what what are you, what, what are, are you looking at the all lives? Because I'm sure you both are, because you grew up in the States as well. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have. What are your thoughts on it? And how can we kind of educate the, the masses on the all lives movement when it pertains to this situation? Let's not talk about black lives. I think... I think when you say all lives matter, you're kind of um, giving a blanket statement, whereas specifically in this situation, you really need to put a label to it. You really need to humanize the, the situation. You need to put faces to the names. And this is why for me right now, when I see an all lives matter, yes, of course, all lives matter. Of course, I never want anyone to die. But at the same time, yes, we, we have lost Israeli lives, but what we're seeing happening to the Palestinians, you need to, you need to understand and but see their I faces. think here's the thing, yeah. right? All lives matter. So why are we choosing, why is the West thinking only Israelis' lives matter? Exactly. Right? So that's the, end, the bottom Good line. Point. If you want to say all lives matter, great. I agree. All lives matter. Yeah. But then make all lives matter. You cannot see Palestinians die and think that it's nothing. In 10 days, 2,060 died. A thousand of them, or 2,860 yes. died. A thousand of them are children, and there's still many in, under the rubble. We don't even know those numbers. What about those lives? A thousand children. This is, I, I keep going back to this point because these are children, and these are the most sacred 
like part of society, of mm -hmm. humanity, mm -hmm. and they are just being brutally killed by a bomb that's just breaking down their houses down while they're sleeping. So no, I mean, if you want to say all lives matter, then make, make sure it. that all lives matter. I completely agree. Um, you talked a bit about survivor's guilt, Russia, but I wanted to kind of go back into that. And I mean, how are you, I know you guys were saying that you're looking at social media and the news 24 seven. I think we're kind of all glued to our screens. It's the first thing I do when I wake up. It's yeah. the last thing I do when I go to sleep. And we're not sleeping, and we're there is some yeah. survival's guilt. I would, and I understand that. How have you been channeling those feelings? Has it <laughs> been just because I, I know on Sunday that you guys both went to uh, we're uh, everyone we're based in Dubai, but um, you went to the Emirates Red Crescent um, donation drive, and you were packaging images, or, or images, sorry, boxes and packages. Is that what you're kind of trying to channel? Be like, okay, what can I do? I can post, I can educate, and I can help yeah. in that way. Mm -hmm. Or how have you been trying to channel? Yeah, I mean, I think. Go ahead. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, look, it's it's. I think it's a very difficult um, thing to do. I think raising awareness for me is number one. And to be very very frank, it's. I have not even found the words to even start posting or mm -hmm. start like, like. What can you say at this point other than, you know, because for me, for example, I lost all of my American followers, all of my friends when my when my um, Instagram got hacked. Mm -hmm. So for me right now, I would be preaching to, to the, the choir. choir or preaching into, you know, space if I start posting. So what I'm doing is I'm getting involved with humanitarian aids and initiatives. I'm trying as much as possible, whether it's through work um, and kind of supporting our, our CSR team through that um, because this is something that I can have a direct impact on. This also for me, I'm initiating uh, and engaging in a lot of conversations with people because I ha like for example, I've yesterday I wore my kofiya to to the office today. I'm wearing a dummy Palestini. So you know it the people this grabs people's attention and mm -hmm. it does spark conversation. And I think for me, what, what I've been noticing, like a, a, a colleague of mine who is French Lebanese, um, she came to me and she was like, Russia, can you, like, I know this is really bad, but can you give me a bit of history on what's going on? And I gave her that history and I kind of updated her. And since that point, she has been nonstop posting. She has a lot of uh, Jewish friends um, uh, in France because mm -hmm. she lived in Paris that she has had to cut ties with because they don't agree with what she's saying and what she's standing for. And I think for me, um, even that one difference that I was able to to kind of educate and, and raise awareness, that makes a difference mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, I think going off that, I think it's a ripple effect, right? So for me, I still have my Instagram followers. I'm not an influencer. <laughs> I mean, people that I grew up with in California. I also lived in DC. I did my master's there. So I have lots of people that I was friends with since I was in, you know, elementary yeah. and junior high. And these people, I've seen them change because of my social media posts, not just me, let's say me, my brother, yeah. my sister, the, we all know the same circles of people. And they've really now are becoming aware of the Palestinian cause and that's what's important so now we're like making sure that the their voices are heard because that's all we can do right mm -hmm. while we're outside of Palestine and then changing one person's mind 
in turn can change another person's mind, which is a ripple effect. And slowly, and even people I've met here, like Canadians, like I have a friend who is a mom that is Canadian that I met, and she moved back to Canada, and now she's like voting pro-Palestinian. That makes a difference if she tells another person, if she, you know, and that person. So I think that's really important to do. I think all the, any way that you can help, boxing, giving money, uh, talking, you know, I have as well worn my kofiya all week, you know, in the past 10 days or a Palestinian t-shirt, making sure that dialogue's open and making sure the voices of these journalists yeah. who are getting shadow banned, right? Because there is no journalist in Gaza allowed except the Gazawiya, the people from Gaza. So making sure their voices are being heard because even if you try to post their stories, you can't. So then you have to record their stories, make sure that you post it onto your, to your own story. And I think that's all we can do. So there is a lot of guilt, but I think the Palestinian people are depending on the diaspora and on humans to be able to spread what's, you know, spread what's happening to them out to the world. I will say, same thing happened to me a lot. I went to D.C. to do my master's, um, and a lot of, I mean, the, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but a lot of Jews, Jews in D.C., as we both yeah. know. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot. And I was, I mean, I've unfollowed, I can't tell you oh. how many people I have unfollowed in the last 10 days, oh, because yeah. it's literally like, if you do not believe in this, bye. Like, yeah. From celebrities to Alex Cooper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a big hit for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had to. I compl- I messaged her, and I will say it on this podcast. I messaged her. She read and didn't respond. I've always had open dialogue with her because she knows my inspiration from this podcast was her. Didn't respond. But anyways, besides that, though, a lot of the Jews in D.C. who I was expecting to be like peace land, yeah. like I'm, I'm gonna unfollow you, and her actually engaging in great yeah. conversations, being like, we are pro-Palestinian. We are. We should not be on this land. Like we say, mm-hmm. it's actually refreshing. To see that, yes, maybe among the social media influencers and and um, celebrities who were mindlessly posting, you do have some minds yeah, who yeah. are who are actually yes. who see it, yes. who are hearing us, who are yes. understanding. Because uh, means I was just speaking this before because, like you know, the Arabs, like we we know what's happened. Like we just said on this podcast, it's more of the people who are unaware or have just been brought to attention the last ten days. Um, to kind of conclude this episode, are there any thoughts, final thoughts, things you want to say? Free think, Palestine. <laughs> Free Palestine. I think it's important to remember that we started seeing the shadow banning right back in 2021, so, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. I think they've ramped it up a lot more, and we've been discussing this a lot more. So websites, uh, comments, uh, you know, views. So I think it's really essential right now that we try our best to continue spreading the word for all these people because we are their voice and it's this is really important so free palestine and the israeli occupation and the apartheid and pray for gaza i hope things get you know get better for them and i don't know how if that's going to happen but we need to try our best I yeah. agree. I mean, I, I echo what Dalia says. Keep raising awareness. Keep engaging in those conversations. Keep donating. Keep, you know, doing whatever as a human, not even as, you know, as, as just a, another a Palestinian or a Palestinian. As a human, this is our duty to make their voices heard, to support as much as we can, and to get the stories out. You know, this is this is the best that we can do. Um, and I think, you know, it's, 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 it's just human first, you know, love you all, free Palestine, 
And Lana, thank you. Thank you, Lana, so much thank for having us. Thank you to us. the both of you for coming. Um, guys, as always, let me know what you thought of the episode. Um, follow me at Lance underscore though at tell me everything dot with Lance. Subscribe, subscribe. Thank you so, so much for listening to this particular episode. More than all of them. I obviously appreciate your love and support for all my episodes, but this one particularly. Let's have this episode blow up, guys. Let's yeah. share it on everyone's feeds. Yeah. Love you and see you next week. Bye.